Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with host Phil Davis and Liz Heemstra. Hello, hello, and welcome out there, brand family and all of our past brand kids. Brand kids, yes. That we have named throughout the years. That's what we like to call them, our brand children. Mm-hmm. Um, tuning in today, and I know there are some of you out there in the audience. Uh, welcome, welcome. Today, um, we're going to see what's cooking in the tungsten kitchen. We do have one. Yes, we've been brewing we're up some. brewing. Some wonderful things. Yes. Um, on today's subject, what's cooking? Identifying your company brand's secret recipe. So um, before we start off, we always want to give a shout out to Tacey, our producer, and Aaron, the guy who makes it happen in the background. Always makes it happen. Yes. He's kind of our magic mic. <laughs> he is. You like that, the mic? Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> We're going to start off. A lot of topical stuff in the news this week, Liz. I know. I'm excited. You know, so we're flipping through the internets and uh, what comes As we up, do. As we often do. Uh, not the dark web. No. Because at Tungsten, we're bright, the, the, the bright, bright web. web. The bright web. We're part of, we're making the web brighter. The happy web. Yes. So and many I, happy people on the internet, you know? Yes. So, um, keeping things light here, um, let's talk about bankruptcy. <laughs> um <laughs> So this week, surprise, surprise, lo and behold, out of the blue, um, Toys R Us files for bankruptcy. And uh, a, a number of people that I read, I was reading online were, were surprised by this because there wasn't a, any kind of looming deadline. It's just mm-hmm. they just saw the writing on the wall and they filed. And it brings to mind, again, a pattern that we've been seeing. And this ties back into our knowing your ingredients. Why knowing your ingredients to your business uh, will help you shape your thinking about what you are in this marketplace, mm-hmm. the role you play, and allow you to reformulate, mm-hmm. remix those ingredients, and serve up something new with these wonderful ingredients that are you and your business. Because if you know your ingredients, you can make something special. You can change the recipe. You can take the same ingredients and serve it up different. And so if a, if a, if a fatter or something moves on, you can remain relevant. People will always eat. We can count on that, right? Yes. So there is always an appetite. Always an appetite. For for your brand's attributes, the things that you do well. No one ever gets tired of great service or quality products, but they might get uh, tired of the modality, the delivery system uh, in which you are serving those. So I think Toys R Us serves as a great reminder that when you build a Instead of an attribute-based brand, and if you'll go back to our last three or four shows, we've been talking a lot about best practices in branding, Yeah. the four C's of brilliant branding, about yes. getting clarity about who you are and what you are in your market space. So you can avoid these kind of sometimes horrific uh, cul-de-sac kind of experiences where you find yourself, no pun intended, boxed in yes like this big retailer did so toys r us comes out and it's a product-based brand so what are some of the other ones we've been talking about 
CompUSA. Yeah, Radio Shack. Radio Shack, linens and things. things. Yeah. So what happens is what we think as a brand really is just a product life cycle. Yeah. Um, because we're not getting into the ingredients. How, how do you do business? Right. What's special about you? We're, we're, you know, and, and branding really is about creating. We have a client, Harmony. Yeah. Um, that sells lawn products. And it's really about creating the lifestyle. I mean, who, who wants sod, really? But what sod enables you to do is have this wonderful time in your backyard. Right. It's not about, you know, telling a story about sod. It's about telling a story about harmony yeah, and harmony. about family and lifestyle and being outside. Bingo. With the kids and the dog and all of that. Croquet. Right. You know, badminton, crazy yeah. Uncle Bob. Yeah. You know. Toys R Us did not have a story. They really didn't. They, they, <laughs> all they were known for was volume. Just a big box. Yeah, and then the internet came along, and now, like, you can get as many toys as you want online. So now, you know, what do they have to... They have so much Amazon to compete with, and... So many things. You know, why would you go to Toys R Us? Why? If it's, I mean, if they, it's a they box. have everything, but the internet has everything, too. Yeah, and the, So there's no experience. There isn't there's an no experience, reason. except that I have... I remember the experience. The experience was standing in line. Before there were angry birds, <laughs> there were bratty children. And, <laughs> Yeah. We had four of them. Yeah. Sorry, kids. Hope you're not listening. Um, <laughs> but they were in there screaming. It's that Disney experience of standing in line, listening to everybody screaming and shouting. And, you yeah. Know, you know, <laughs> so and there's you, the bratty kids experience. Yeah. You're like, and why again is this fun? Yeah. So Toys R Us had that. It really wasn't an experience. It yeah. was just a pressure. To, I've got to go there. It's a mm-hmm. to-do item. Yeah. They didn't really create that. So here's some interesting things. First of all, I thought this was delightful. This is from The Hilarious. Onion. Hilarious. This is from The Onion. Toys R Us files for bankruptcy. Here's Claire, who's a hand lotioner, um, says, <laughs> really? They seem to be doing so well when I was just there 20 years ago. <laughs> Evan, who's a rope coiler, says, today's five-year-olds just don't have the same purchasing power they used to. And Jason attributes, he's a, a concrete smoother, he attributes it to maybe if that R was turned around, they'd have more credibility on Wall Street. Absolutely. That that See, if they would have rebranded, they would just change their logo. If the R was just facing the right it would way. Have, it would have changed the world, I think. So in reading this, as we delve deeper, as we often do, Always. behind the obvious, yes. um, we're reading the... Um, the New York Times. So article. going from the Onion to now the New York. Now Times. the New York Times. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Real versus fake news. We'll <laughs> right. say which is which. Um, <laughs> so New York Times in this statement, and here's what you know: when the pain, and, and this is often the case with branding, sometimes it takes pain to bring the essence of what you're really on task and mission and mission to do to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And this is painful. I mean, they owe. Lots of money. They had tons of bricks. They have 1,600 bricks and mortar stores. It's almost like when these churches would build these mega churches. And pretty soon it's not about uh, preaching the gospel. It's about paying for this mortgage. Yeah. And it can kind of color and filter the experience. You mm-hmm. lose sight of what you're there to do. You're not about spreading the gospel. You're about paying the rent. Mm-hmm. And so you get into this and you think you're really about a big box and selling toys. And then it says in a statement Monday night, Toys R Us said, that filing for this bankruptcy would help the company invest in long-term growth and, and I quote, Liz, fuel its aspirations to bring play to kids everywhere and be a best friend to parents. Okay, see, there you go. Wow. 
Yes. Wow. I mean, what's your takeaway when you hear that? How do you feel when you hear fueling aspirations to bring play to kids everywhere and to be a best friend to parents? That makes me feel very good. Warm fuzzies everywhere. That's that's a warm fuzzy. And so what would the last 10 years have looked like if they knew? Cold prickly. Yeah, it's cold prickly. (laughs) Actually, I remember thinking about this is uh, we had a Toys R Us in uh, Michigan where I'm from and... I feel like throughout the years, as I drove past it, it continued to get Coming more and more degrade. decrepit. <laughs> right. I would walk by. You could see the grass sort of growing up to the yes. cracks in the yeah. the parking lot. and But it was always there. And so I just sort of was like, oh, I guess, you know, yeah. it's still humming it along. still be there. <laughs> I was just there 20 <laughs> years ago. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, <clears throat> I mean, so here's another interesting um, article on it. It said... Um, once these initiatives are implemented, this is this is Toys R Us taking a hard look at themselves. And again, literally, yeah. Toys R Us, we are, our brand is toys. Really? Are you really just your product? Yeah. Because if you are your product and not the attributes, if you don't have a secret recipe and a secret sauce, you're just a commodity. Yeah. You really are just a commodity. So Toys R Us stores, after this, after they emerge from this uh, bankruptcy process, here's their vision. Once these initiatives are implemented, says CEO David um, Brandon, Toys R Us stores will be interactive spaces mm-hmm. with rooms to use for parties, live product demonstrations put on by trained employees, and the freedom for employees to remove products from boxes and to let kids play with the latest toys. The plan includes the creation of augmented reality video games that customers can play on their smartphones Hmm. while shopping at Toys R Us. See, I think that's perfect because that gives them the real, I mean, you know, if you buy a a toy on the internet, you're not going to be able to get any of that experience. So they're actually, you know, we're brick and mortar. So how can we leverage the brick and mortar experience and really to like create something that's yeah. not duplicatable on yes, Amazon. Exactly. You know, if yeah. you're, you know, it's like they used to say, never go to war with, with um, people that print ink by the barrel. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't try to talk down a publication that yeah. they're going to get you. So Amazon, if you say, well, we're going to, you know, put an extra million dollars in our website. Yeah. You know, you I know. Do if Toys R Us, we're like, well, we'll just, you know, we're going to, Close down our brick and mortar stores. We're just going to go online. And that would have been. Yeah. I mean, you're just. You now know, you're completely competing. Just with, become a retailer yeah. on Amazon. You know, get in <clears throat> right. line. Mm-hmm. And so just <laughs> yeah. very, yeah. very interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm happy. I, I hope that, you know, that they follow through with what they're saying, because I think that would be a real game changer for them. It will be a game changer. And, and right along with that, you know, I've been kind of beating on poor, poor um, Burlington Coat Factory <laughs> in my articles for years. Same thing. Poor, you know, yeah. These poor guys, somebody there must have heard, heard my, uh, my warning call, my sirens call to uh, heed the warning. So there's an ad I saw today, and we've been saying, you know, don't base your identity Again, what are what are your recipes? We're going to get into that in the second segment, but um, I want to make sure we're good here in time. So um, don't base your identity on geography. Two of the big no nos: mm-hmm. geography or product. And here's somebody did both: Burlington Coat Factory. Yeah. So today's ad, and I, I actually wrote it down verbatim. Uh, the lady spokesperson comes out and says, "Mom." You know, mom, you can't trust her. <laughs> mom would always say, go to Burlington when you need a new coat. Uh, yes. <laughs> Silly mom. How did she fall for that Burlington Coat Factory? 
How? Where did she even get the idea that they had codes? I don't know. Yeah. Um, or they, they were a factory. And then it goes to transition to another screen, and it cuts to different consumers saying, well, I love the jewelry they have there. And someone else says, well, they have everything for the baby. So now we've hit jewelry. We've hit the baby. Not literally hit the baby. <laughs> Dresses, shoes, socks, they say, sweaters, and great fragrances, right? Mm-hmm. Then here's what's interesting. Again, when the pain gets to be enough, someone finally gets to the point and says, in short, all the name brands at a fraction of the cost. Yeah. And I thought, that's the epitome of Burlington. Mm-hmm. Um, then a lady comes on at the end and goes, oh, you mean it's Burlington Coat Factory? And then another person looks at almost <laughs> with a knowing grin. Come on. Come on. Stacy. What, what century are you in? It's just Burlington. Mm-hmm. And then the response is, oh. Burlington. So if you think about this, the story I had of a client that I had exercise experience that had to constantly fight this idea that they were a fitness club. Instead, they sold fitness equipment. I would say two thirds of that commercial was spent fighting the misperceptions that they created about their own brand. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing that, you're your own worst enemy. Yeah. And the worst thing you can do as a brand is to spend time fighting yourself. Yes. You know, I you, mean, you already have to fight your competitors. You've already got a competitor. You're, you've, I mean, once they've allowed people to know who or what it is they do, and now they got to go face Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't be your own worst enemy. You know, brands don't need to be busy fighting, fighting themselves. So get your identity clear. And we're going to do that by identifying what are your brand attributes. Um, so one of the things I like to do, and the way I like to start off, is is to say. Your brand is a lot like opening a store. If you're going to open a store, a restaurant, if you're going to start a restaurant, Liz, mm-hmm. um, and this is where we get this all the time when we start a name development project, people are so afraid that they're, someone's going to be left out. Yeah. I want my potential audience to be every person on planet Earth. And this is counterintuitive, but to really succeed as a brand and to know your ingredients means you're going to exclude people. By necessity, and that's a best practice. Yeah, you should be exclusive. You can't be, you can't, you can't make everyone happy. You, you can't, can't be all things to all people. Yeah, and that sounds so like, oh come on, if you do the right things, you would appeal to everyone. I always say, well, so if if you take that logic to its nth degree, and you open a restaurant, you would call <clears> it something like the food place. Has all food. Just lots and lots of food. So. What's the first thing your customer would say? Well, what kind of food? Mm-hmm. And if you are like many entrepreneurs who are afraid, I don't want to exclude anybody. I want to know that everybody, there's no job that's too big or too small. Too small. So, you know, if we're a construction company, I'll dig a little hole and plant a plant, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'll build a skyscraper. Right. You know, either one. Mm-hmm. I'll dig a hole or build a skyscraper. Yeah. So we try to be all things. We don't know our ingredients. What are we really good at? And so if you're a restaurant, you need to define, you know, who, what kind of restaurant? Are you a Thai restaurant? Are you a Mexican restaurant? Are you an Italian restaurant? And of that, are you a high-end restaurant? Are you a takeout? Are you fast food? Right, right. Because there will be an audience that totally aligns with you once you tell them this is who we are and what we're about. Yeah. So having 1% of a huge market is better than having... <clears throat> Of a, actually having 50% of a small market is better than having 0% of a huge market. Yes, right. Is the point. 
Um, one of the things I always like to say is uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, think about that, especially here in the South, fried mm-hmm. chicken, about the biggest commodity in the world. And yet one man created Kentucky Fried Chicken because he had how many herbs and spices? Eleven. Eleven, I believe. Yeah. And they were not just herbs and spices. They were secret, secret. herbs and spices like salt and pepper, mm-hmm. paprika, things that nobody would ever think of. Right. But the colonel managed to say, I have a special formula. I have ingredients and I know how to create a chicken that nobody in the world has quite the same chicken or tastes quite the same the way we deliver our chicken. And if you develop a taste for that, then you're like, I'm in like Flynn. So <laughs> you're in like Flynn. We're in like Flynn. So what we're going to be talking about in this second segment today is basically how do you find those ingredients? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're important. If you don't, if you if you think your ingredient is your product, you're, well, I think we've established pretty clearly that that's <clears throat> right. A bozo no no. Yeah. <laughs> no bueno. In like Flynn, bozo no no. Yes, Got it. Lots of things. Not good. Not good. <laughs> so we need to base. Um, our identity, the ingredients, and our future business. This is super important mm-hmm. on how we do business. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Um, I want to give a shout out today to Jeff Burnett at Triple Twenty. Triple Twenty. He is on target and on fire. Yes. This guy does. Um, he works with people with sales and helps them improve their sales experience, their sales processes. Mm-hmm. And so make sure uh, to give him a try. Free twenty minute consultation if you reach out to him. At triple, T-R-I-P-L-E, the number 20, the little spot on the scoreboard. When you hit it, you score big. And mm-hmm. he's a good guy for that. Also, follow us on uh, at Tungsten Brand on Twitter mm-hmm. and on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook, forward slash Tungsten Branding. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. And we'll get on the other side of the break. And we're going to be talking about how to identify those ingredients and cook up something Super duper deliciously special. We'll be right back. This is Tungsten Branding. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming? when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image. Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. 
Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we're back. So if you enjoy our program, I hope you're sharing it with all your friends, force-feeding our show to everybody that you meet, um, and becoming a, uh, a branding zealot, right? Ah, yes, a zealot. Yeah. Exactly. Can I talk about that brilliant branding show again? Is that... You know, yeah, no, you should watch share it. Share it on Facebook. Binge yes. watch. Binge listen us. Bin- yeah, exactly. Binge listen exactly. to all of it. You'll have a PhD by the end of... <laughs> The year. All right. So we're talking about how to make your brand brilliant through identifying the ingredients yeah. um, that you're going to cook up in your kitchen. Every company has a way of doing business that makes it special. And so this segment, we're going to get down into the brass tacks of it. Like, how do you identify those things? All right, Phil, get to the point. I will. <laughs> okay. So if you look for it, um, one of the key ways to identify those ingredients is to ask yourself some questions. So take a little pen and paper. Great exercise. You could do this yourself. You can do it with staff members at your company. And I want you to create, first of all, a snapshot so you get an idea and you can begin to extrapolate what is it that really makes us who we are. I'm going to ask this question that I ask when I speak at tech groups or vistage groups around the country. And that is, what's going on? Describe what's going on when you are doing your best work with your best customer. Mm-hmm. What does it look like, feel like, smell like, taste like? What's going on when you are doing your best, most satisfying work? The stuff that you feel good doing. It's not just profitable, but it's stuff that you're proud of. It's meaningful to you. And when you do your best work with your best customer, what are you doing? And what does that best customer look like? And write down some of those things. Um, you know, we love to create environments here where people thrive rather than just coming up with a name. When we help people get on task, <clears throat> they have an aha moment. Yes. And they go, oh, my God, I have insight into what we're doing now. This gives me direction. They can move forward. And they move forward. And you go, man, we didn't just name somebody. We helped launch them. And maybe they never look back. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite books was, uh, I think it was a Dr. Seuss one, Go Dog Go. <laughs> I love that one. It's yeah. Probably one of my favorites. And we just love it when we say, go dog, go. Look at them go. Mm-hmm. Look at them and take the spirit of the brand and run with it. One way to do that, very pra- practical thing to do, is identify two or three of your best clients, your best customers. Call them up in the next couple of days and say, you know, it's been a while since we've talked. This is great because, you know, we never spend enough time with our best customers anyway. 
I'd like to take you out for a thank you lunch, you know, and, um, and this is just on me and just to say thank you for the business that you bring us. During that lunch, if you could just weave in a question there, you'd say, you know, we feel like we're doing um, our best to try to satisfy your needs. Um, But I want to make sure that what we think we're delivering to you is the same thing you think we're delivering. Exactly. That's great. Yeah, that's exactly what you should ask. Because it's not always the same thing, is it? Yeah. No, you you assume, you know, I feel like I've been learning, you know, never assume anything. Because, you know, people, there's so much miscommunication and they could be happy about the way, you know, your on-time delivery and really, and you think, oh, it's, you know, it's obviously the our array price. of merchandise. Yeah, or, yeah, our price. Or it's our or selection. Yeah, or exactly. You know, like, and they might say, you know what? Um, I, I just love Audrey, our account rep. <laughs> right. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. She is just the sweetest person. And, you know, we've had offers and it was cheaper, but we just love the way you guys interact or your friendliness. Or they might say, you know, uh, before we used you guys, um, we had other companies that was just reliable. You guys have never once missed a shipment. Mm-hmm. And right. you thought it was about your quality. You thought, I thought you used this because we're the best in the industry. Oh, no. I mean, we're not that particular about the products. We just need them here on time. And mm-hmm. you guys are always good. So if you sit down with your client, you can mine a very rich vein of what it is because they are such a reflection of what you do well. Yes. And it's not through your kind of um, jaundiced lens of presuming that you know what it is. It's hearing it direct, directly from the horse's mouth. Right. This is why we love you. I think a lot of times, too, you read so much into the negative comments, and it seems as though, you know, the negative is what seems to reside in everyone's head. Right. And so you're almost trying to make the customers that don't even like you yes. happy yes. instead of reaching out, yeah, to your best customers and people who do, well, what are we doing right? We understand we been yelled at for what we're doing wrong yeah. but what are we doing right because you want to move that direction correct yeah. right you want to yeah you want to absolutely move the direction the, in the right direction and that direction is that top 20 there's that classic 80 20 principle where 80 percent of your revenue is coming from 20 percent of your accounts mm-hmm. but we spend 80 percent of our time trying to keep the unhappy accounts happy and they're not congruent with us. Mm-hmm. They're people that are just hammering your staff. They're decreasing your morale. Yeah. People don't like, maybe you've got people quitting your company because I don't want to deal with these people anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily contributing. Maybe maybe they are in terms of a lot of revenue, but not a lot of gross. Yeah. So they've got you hammered down to your lowest price. They wear your people out. But you're scared to death that you're going to lose this barely marge, barely viable product line. Um, it's not profitable. It's running your people out where you've got this client here that might quietly go away. Yes, right. Exactly. Because you're so busy putting out fires for these malcontents. Yeah, making the people unhappy, happy. And then you're stretching yourself thin because now you're trying to be all things to to all all people. people. Going back to that. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, so I've talked to companies, Liz, before that have been like, well, one of the things we felt like we should do is open up kind of a low cost, you know, bargain bin division of our company. And the company is just known for stellar quality. Yeah. And it's like, you know, everybody thinks that I've got to reach out and get this 20% of the market that we're missing. Mm-hmm. Or there's this niche or there's this part of this underserved element. But when you shift your focus off your primary 
skill sets, these things that you do really well. It's better to innovate and create another thing that captures these same strengths and expands them than to reach into something that you don't do well. Yeah. Just just to do it. So Absolutely, um, yes. Yeah, so let's take a look at this. We have what we call a brand development worksheet. And we're going to take a look at that today a little bit and say it's a great way to identify some of these ingredients. Um, the first thing we have people do is to say, you think you're in a business. And, you know, you could say we're in the naming business. Right. But what other mm-hmm. businesses are we in? A lot of what we do is we create clarity. So we're in the clarity business. We're the, in the insight business, creating insights in your company so that you can, we're in the alignment business. Mm-hmm. We help align everything so it's all moving the same direction, you know. Yes. Often find ourselves herding cats, trying to get them in a straight line. We could say that we're in the linguistics business. We could say that we're in the design business, the logo business. So do an inventory of the businesses that you're in. That's part of your ingredients. There, that is a legitimate part. These yeah. are the current list and mix of products and services that we're in. So it's a great place to start, and there might be an aha, you know. <clears throat> and of course, one of the things we touch on a lot of times is if you think, well, that's pretty brain dead obvious. I go back to was Apple really ever in just the computer business? Right. Is that all they were? A computer company. Um, and those that identified as being computer companies are now the compacts of the world, yeah. the Packard Bells. Mm-hmm. You need to see yourself, again, Toys R Us, mm-hmm. bed, um, you know, linens and things. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these ones that are product identified usually go, they have suffered the same fate as their product. Yeah. If your brand, question number two. So number one, give a list of business. Try to come up with five or six businesses that you're in. And you might say, you know. Geez, you know, uh, Cicino and Son, our tuxedo client, uh, was in the tuxedo business. They were in the mall retail store business. Yeah. They're in the point of purchase business. Mm-hmm. They were, um, so there's a lot of other ways they could have pivoted mm-hmm. and been different right. if they looked at that. That's one of their ingredients. Tuxedos was not their only ingredient. If your brand could communicate just one idea, so this is like, what is your main ingredient? Yeah. You know, so what is the main thing when I bite into this delicious recipe that is you? What is the main sweet taste I'm going to get out of you? One thing. One thing and one thing only. Am I going to taste cheese or sauce or sweet or sour? Or what is it going to be savory. that I taste? Is it going to be savory? Is it just a wonderful experience? Or do I? am I amazed at how efficient is it? packed with protein mm-hmm. I mean so what is it that if your brand if I was to sample your brand that I would go wow this is feels hearty that's a hearty meal that's a Brunswick <laughs> stew that's like a lumberjack meal or that was a parfait that was delicious mm-hmm. you know it was light. light yeah it was airy you know it wasn't heavy mm-hmm. so um, number three what attributes or values will your brand keep as its guiding principles? And this is where we move more into the attributes. What are the things that you are really committed to in terms of doing it? And we talked yesterday, we went through this exercise with Mike McKeeran at We Do Worldwide. He ran us through an exercise in this. And a lot of the things we talk about at Tungsten is transparency, honesty, 
um, authenticity and genuineness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember we talked on that several yeah. times. Mm-hmm. That was a really high core value is is being authentic and true and forthright and upfront on the things we do. Mm-hmm. And in the branding world, that's not always the case. Yeah. All right. And now some really fun stuff. So we've got that done. And we get into these exercises that we do that really help you bring out some of these ingredients. A lot of times if you say to people, and Liz, you've sat in on these, you know, what are your best qualities? It's the trite stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, geez, quality, service. Yep. So we'll <clears throat> actually ask people in terms of your brand, what hotel chain best reflects the style and the appearance and the tone of the brand? And where somebody might stumble and go, man, I just don't, I, you know, I guess we're, you know, customer service. Where do they go? Oh, you know what? Doubletree. Yeah. Why Doubletree? Well, it's not the highest in restaurant. It's not Ritz Carlton, but it's not a cheap one. You always feel welcome when you go in there. They give you a warm cookie. Yeah. I like that there's a restaurant on site, so you don't have to go off, and it feels convenient, and it feels, wow, that's pretty rich. Yeah. That's like your brand. Mm-hmm. Your brand is friendly, comfortable, warm, accepting. You know, these are the things that you're good at, inviting, friendly yeah. staff. That's way different than Ritz Carlton. Yeah. Where it's like, hello, sir. <laughs> they all have British accents? Yes, they do. I, <laughs> that comes with it? All it right, comes good. With, They actually like learn that. to talk like that. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Um, yes, Jeeves meets you at, <laughs> as you get your luggage. So you can do that with uh, um, things that we relate to easily are hotels. Mm-hmm. What, is the, what is the experience level there? Another one is famous people. No. Okay. okay, so famous people. What famous people embody the traits and characteristics of your brand? Mm-hmm. And if you have this with your staff, yeah. what have we found when we've done this, Liz, as far as some of the schisms that start to surface? I'm trying to think of a recent one that I encountered. I'm drawing a, having a brain fart here because I do remember, I think when we were working with uh, – Western. I remember looking through. They, I mean, I think we had like thirteen of these sheets. Yeah, and so we gathered the group, and they yeah. were. I think they were the one one group. And here's what's interesting. I think one person put. It was like Tom Hanks, and or maybe it was like Angelina Jolie, and like it was like Angelina Jolie, and then it was um somebody at like. Somebody else who does Completely like, you know, it seems contradictory. And then you like, if you look further, it's like they both are sort of philanthropists. There but you if go. on the surface you see, like, I can't remember who like, the other one was. what is that about? But. I remember one specifically that um, one person in the group put the Pope. Right. And somebody else put Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And so we had to investigate, what do you mean by that? And if if the answer was, I think we're a very traditional, reliable, fundamental company that believes in this. And then somebody else says, I just think, uh, you know, I think we should just go out there and just take the world by storm, be disruptive. And then you need to say, you guys are not on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so you're preaching kind of a different gospel to all your customers. Right. But if the thing is that they're both disruptors. Yeah. Like the Pope is just disrupting things. Right. He's, he's unconventional. The recent Pope, yeah. The recent was, Pope yeah. is just doing, um, you know, all these things that kind of defy convention, and yeah. so is she. Mm-hmm. Then you could say, okay, 
So one of your attributes is that you are a disruptive force in your industry. Mm -hmm. That's one of the hallmarks. So put that down in your recipe. We're a disruptive technology firm. Mm -hmm. Um, we, We put a high value in innovation. And that's one of the ways to smoke it out is to ask if it was a person. Uh, you could do the same thing if you had a spokesperson. Who would be the best spokesperson for your brand? And again, you get these visceral reactions, and people right away come up with this. Mm-hmm. You know, why would it be Tom Hanks? Well, he's just relatable. Everybody likes him. I just right. feel like he's trustworthy. <clears throat> you know, or you want this kind of edgy personality, or I want this kind of, you know, lighthearted person. These are all great ones. What make and model of a car would you pick? And we've had people say, you know what? You know, this is really boxy. We'd be a Volvo. We're not sexy. We're not this, but gosh darn it, we're safe. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that too, there's schisms a lot of times when it comes to that. But it's also good to look at, you know, yeah, in the organization. It's that whole assuming, you know, everyone's on the same page. And I think this worksheet you know, going through and when we present it and we sort of put all of it together and everyone can kind of see yes. everyone else's answers. They're like, wait a second, where where are the common denominators and what can, you know, how can we all get on the same page and moving forward, the brand will just be in alignment with all of our thinking. Exactly. So the goal of this section right here is uh, in this segment is to say, okay, you're gone into the pantry now of your kitchen. Mm-hmm. What ingredients are you going to finalize? You can't have every ingredient in the world. You're not going to mix chocolate syrup and ketchup. Yeah, I mean, right. two great things, but I'm not going to mix chocolate and ketchup. Hopefully, they're complementary. They don't mm-hmm. have to be identical, but complementary because foods, we accent them with flavors. And that's what makes us unique. Mm-hmm. A little spice of this. How did you make yours? Yours is so good. Right. And the way you do that is you create. So we're going to get into this last segment. We're going to get into how to prioritize. And prior, prioritizing is what actually makes the exact recipe the recipe. It's the consistency that your customer will have the same experience every time you bake it. But what we need to have here is, first of all, the list of ingredients. So now you should have on that list, whether it's innovation, customer service extraordinaire, efficiency, cutting edge technology, all the different attributes. This is how we operate. And in the last segment here, we'll get into now that you've got those, not only what order should you put them in, but in what proportion should you put them in? You know, what's the priority and what's the proportion, 90% cheese or 50? And so we'll take a look. Be sure to follow us today um, on tungstenbranding.com. You can get an archive of our, go to Insight, and you'll see uh, our other podcast, read our articles. And we'll be with you on the other side of the hour, and we're going to give you tangible things to take your brand forward and make it brilliant and tasty. Yummy. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. 
Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, all of you foodie fans, you brand foodie fans. We're cooking up some great tasting brand strategies this week. And uh, one of the things, the hallmarks, we talk about the four C's of brilliant branding is consistency. Mm -hmm. So in this segment, imagine going into McDonald's and every time you had a Big Mac, it was just whoever were there just did their thing. Yeah. I don't know, throw some of this on it. Right. You know, it's just loaded with mayo. Wait a minute. I think it is loaded with mayo. So whatever, <laughs> whatever the taste is, your customer comes in. And remember, we talked about meeting with your best customer, and yep. they say, "Man, I had this. You know, Liz, I dealt with you guys, and it was just phenomenal." They want to repeat that experience. Mm-hmm. And one one other little hint, another little nugget here is when you when you find out, wow, it's when we're doing. We talked about in the first segment when you're doing your best work for your best customer. What does it look like? Map that. What is it? And write it down so that you can begin to build procedures and systems that help ensure that that process is repeated. We've all been in these broken plays where we go into a a business that, man, the last time I was here was really good. Mm -hmm. And then this time it was kind of weird and the food tastes different and the, the hours, they left 10 minutes early and I got these really weird stares because I came in late and I didn't feel welcome. And it's a broken play. Yeah. So you want your brand experience. I love Chick-fil-A because I don't know where they find these kids. Church. Must be church. (laughs) I think they're church kids. Church kids. They go to church kids who have never been out of church. Youth group group kids. They build a tunnel from the church right into Mm Chick-fil-A. These kids are so nice. They ma'am and sir and whatever. So... They've found, however they found them. I ask every time I go into Chick-fil-A, where do they find you people? Because <laughs> you're so That's nice. That's not in the manual. They don't know what to say They're like, um, thank you. You're My welcome. pleasure, sir. My pleasure, sir. Yeah. Um, that's a great question, sir, and I'll do my best to help you. Mm-hmm. So 
that, you know, cultures, brand cultures attract certain personalities and certain people. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a wholesomeness to some places. So, you know, one of the attributes of Chick-fil-A is it's just a very a kind, warm-hearted kind of feeling that you get when you go in. It just feels just wholesome. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. jaded. Yes. Like someone's staring at you like, oh, God. <coughs> why did they come oh. in? We're closing in 10 minutes. Why did that air breather walk in? <laughs> You know, <laughs> sucking all the air out of the room. Ah, why? So, <laughs> so now we're down to we got these ingredients, and you've just decided that these are our ingredients. Yeah. We are all we're like we're about innovation and we're about technology. So here's an interesting little caveat. We like little caveats. At every point in this process, when you say, "Is this who we are?" Give it a reality check. So we had a client. Remember in Corvesta? Yes where we're naming an IT platform for this client. And over and over again, who would be your spokesperson? You know, back in the day, it would have been, if we could go back in time, it would have been Steve Jobs. It would have been this. Today, I'm sure it would have been Elon Musk. It yeah. would be this. So in creating, in that case, kind of their branding, their brand identity, it said, it sounds to me, when we had our, our, our prep meeting, everything I'm gathering on here says that you guys are cutting edge that you are just blazing a trail, you're the pioneer, so whatever we come up with needs to just exude this sense of just, you know, laser focus. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets kind of quiet in the room, <laughs> as like, it often wait a, does. Wait a second. <laughs> like, um, I'm like, is that resonating? Because that's what I'm seeing on all these forms, that's the input. And one of the lead designers or engineers, kind of more of a... Uh, a left brain type goes, mm-hmm. well, did we really put that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not just you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Here's what it was. Everyone wanted. wanted. Yeah. I was going to say they want that. They want to be leaders and innovators. Right. I said, but are you experientially, is that your company? And they said, well, no, what we really are is a fully featured product. Yeah. Right. And what we want to believe is that it, they were in such a pain point with their company yeah. that they wanted to catch up to where everybody else was. They were getting hammered on, how come your your thing doesn't do X, Y, Z? How come I can't open this? How come I get... By the time they unveiled the next iteration of their product, they were finally going to be current and up to speed. That doesn't mean they're going to lead. They were mainly going to catch up. Mm-hmm. And so in doing so, I said, so what is it that in catching up you're going to be? And then it just the conversation opened up. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not only going to catch up, but we're going to have so many features, so many more ways of looking at data. Mm-hmm. We're going to just, so the name ended up becoming Keyspring because it was about unlocking new sources of opportunity, new ways to look at your data. New potential. N- new potential. So the name evoked much more of what they could really deliver. Their genuine, true, authentic self. Yes. yes. Their real ingredients. Yes. So instead of having this whiz-bang, cutting-edge, sharper image kind of leading technology, which would not have been the experience then. Right. They wouldn't have followed through with that. They wouldn't have been able to. Yes. That wasn't them. Yeah. So what have it been if it would have been Polaris Nexus? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Innovating, boldly going where no IT platform has gone before. Yeah. Um, and they were they were all in agreement. So we shifted the assignment. We said, well, how can we get more congruent with what your recipe, what your ingredients truly are? And they were about, we are really about creating a robust 
capabilities machine that can give you the information you need. Yeah. Not about, oh my gosh, you know, um, you just use Siri and then she dials in and she gets with Cortana and they form this group and then it emails you. And it wasn't about that. It was about giving you information in a timely fashion. So to do this, we do what we call Sophie's Choice Questions. And anytime you get this um, practice of identifying things, and this is where I see a lot of organizations kind of fall down in in meetings and processes, whether it's naming, branding, identifying your brand attributes, creating these ingredients, they'll get to the point of the list. That's not really the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. It's creating proportionality. Are you mainly this or is it a third, a third, a third? What is the proportion of this? And it's just like a recipe. Yeah. You're way different. If, if you add tons of cheese, it's cheesy. You know, mm-hmm. um, my wife and kids say I'm cheesy. <laughs> so I'm probably 90% cheese. <laughs> Most, yes, yes. exactly. I'm not, I shouldn't be from Michigan. I should be from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in finding that, not only what are your ingredients, what are you primarily And then one has to lead and one has to follow. So here's what I call Sophie's Choice. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the 20-year-old movie. But the woman is asked, or not asked, told by a Nazi that, you know, you can't keep your children, you can keep one. Mm -hmm. And she has to make a decision. Or else he's going to shoot them both. Or else he's going to do away with both of these. Horrific. But in business, business is brutal. Mm-hmm. And if you fudge, if someone says, well, what are you about? Well, we're really about a lot of it. I mean, I mean, I mean, what do you mean by that? Because, you know, we actually, sir, you've lost them. Both kids just <laughs> right. died. <laughs> right. Boom, boom. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. there they go. You did not commit to something. You know, if you say Walmart, what is it about? Low prices always. Exactly. Low prices Easy. always. You know, um, when you look at Target, you get a sense that they have kind of an upscale Yes. Big box experience. Right. Yeah. You know, right away. And they reinforce right. in their ads. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about the low price always. They don't right. ever talk about the low. No. They talk about the cooler version of Walmart. Right. Exactly. You know? Seriously, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's Walmart, but, you know, right. the cool, the cool version. Right. But you're not going to come here and be blown away by high prices. Yeah. It's not going to be high prices. So they don't try to own low prices. So if these immense organizations feel like they can really lead with one primary ingredient, how much more limited budget-wise and marketing-wise are we as small businesses and entrepreneurs and startups, even, I mean, companies that are even two or three or 400 million, um, still have to be careful with how they go out and spend their money and what impressions they make. So don't try to take on too much territory. The way you do that is you ask these questions. And one of the most common ones is I'll ask people, are you more into service or or more into quality this is a great one and this one is going to catch you off guard and they'll say oh well you know we really deliver equally on both so here's a little test of that question this is a Sophie's choice question scenario number one your best client calls up and they want your product but it's not really up to snuff it's mm-hmm. not really what it should be Liz yeah you right. know for a grass client eh, it's a little yellow you know if you're shipping bananas, they're still a little too green, yes. whatever. But they need it in the store come Thursday or Friday, right? Yeah. Um, so do I just ship kind of a slightly? Maybe the client won't even notice. I don't know. Can we ship it and meet their deadline? That would be service. We're going to meet it. We're going to meet your service thing. 
Or do you say, you know, we have quality standards, mm-hmm. right? And to meet our quality, we're not going to ship a bad product. Yeah. The person says, but I'm going to look bad. I'm your buyer. You're going to leave me exposed. Yeah. I'm going to look bad to my boss. Please help me. Right. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> right. And so you either have to disappoint them because you're not going to ship a bad qual- product mm-hmm. or you're going to go ahead and ship it and then figure out a way to make it up for them. I'm going to ship you the product. If it's not what you want, send back what you don't. But these are the questions. If you do not commit, you know who you're delegating that decision to? If you as a corporation yeah. do not commit to your ingredients and inform your employees of what they are, those decisions are made by frontline employees and they will not be consistent. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. On the fly. They're It'll be on the fly. Whatever the employee feels is different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when, when I was on a, an airline recently, I think it was U.S. Air, they, they said, does the plane come in and, and go out on time and dirty, mm-hmm. but it makes the time or does, or does it get really clean, but we miss a connection? Yeah, right. They went in between and it was half dirty. <laughs> And we missed my connection. <laughs> but not by as much as you yeah. would have if they completely Both it. kids died. I slept in Phoenix for the night and got up at 5 in the morning, right? And yeah. uh, and I, I had a couple of paper cups kicking around. So, again, I, you know, my image of them isn't clear. You know, when I think mm-hmm. of Southwest Airlines, I have an image, you know, great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. They, they arrive on time. Friendly. Friendly. It's quite of approachable. I, I think of US Air, it was just kind of amorphous, kind of like, I don't know, it's the Kmart effect. I don't know yeah. exactly sure what they do. Yeah. So just to recap, make a list of ingredients. Take your best customer out to lunch. Ask them why they love you. Write it down. Systematize it. Um, come up with this list. Prioritize the list in proportion and then instill that list in the organization. Incentivize your employees around what's number one. If service is number one, do not punish them for quality issues. And do all the things that you need to do to align your recipe and your brand so that it's reflected in everything you do. So that when you say to your employees, service is number one, they don't get hammered because they shipped an inferior product. Yeah. You know, if, if service is number one and they covered a client and they did the right thing to make sure that client's good, you did the right thing by them. So this week, go find your recipe, write it down, look at your ingredients, and then ask yourself in the future as you brand, how can I bake this ingredients to come up with something new, a new product, a new offering, so that I don't get stuck at a Toys R Us, I don't get stuck dead-ended. Mm-hmm. Hope this has been helpful. If it has, be sure to join us each and every week. Follow us on tungstenbranding.com, also on Facebook at Tungsten Branding. Follow us everywhere at Tungsten Branding. (laughs) Stalk us here in the neighborhood. And we look forward to coming back next week uh, and enlightening your mind and illuminating your world with more tips on brilliant branding. It's been our pleasure to be here, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant. Brilliant.